You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. I've been in the ministry now almost 30 years. I know I don't look it. I started when I was 14. Um, But I've been in the ministry almost 30 years now. And uh, one of the things that I've seen is it's rarely... It's never on God's end, I can't even say it rarely, it's never been on God's end that people are not receiving from him. Because especially in this side of the covenant, Jesus is seated. The cross has been finished. The work has all been done. And so, you know, just as a reminder to you, and some of you have heard this many times, and if on Wednesday you've heard it a lot lately, but I remember when we were um, trying to get in this building. And I would say things like, you know, I'm really straining a gut to believe God. Um, the, the, the pressure of this particular building, the one you're sitting in, really got on me. And um, I was really, uh, so, you know, so I began to confess more. My God shall supply, you know, kind of like began to work the word I thought I was doing. But really what I was under was great stress and anxiety. Really didn't tell anybody, but the weight of it started to get to me. And uh, because I felt all the pressure. Well, that should tell you, number one, you're not really doing what you need to do. Because faith is a what? It's a rest, right? And so I sure wasn't resting. I was confessing. And I was getting after it. And um, so one day, the Lord and his kind, everybody know the Lord is kind. I know he's merciful. And he is position. he'll always try to position you. You watch Jesus in the Gospels. He was always positioning people. You know, the woman who came for her daughter. You know, she said, son of David, have mercy on me. And yet she wasn't a covenant woman, so he repositioned her. Now, she had to take his repositioning because he called her a dog. That wouldn't go over well today. Jesus would at least be on Judge Judy's show. You with me? But he re, everybody say reposition. And one of the things about the Lord's positioning is he does it on purpose. So in the Lord's kindness and mercy, he spoke to me one day because he was still doing that. And he said, and still does it, and he said to me, uh, Mark, does your faith move me? And I knew the answer. I was quick to answer that one. Now, this is what I've learned over the years. Anytime the Lord asks you a question, usually you do not know the answer, even if you think you do. So he said, Mark, does your faith move me? And I quickly answered and said, yes, Lord. Great man of faith and power. Yes, Lord. Here I am at your service. Yes, Lord. I believe my faith moves me. And he so gently and kindly and sweetly said to me, I don't need your faith to move me. Well, that. It's like, what? He said, faith receives what's already been done. So I had to reposition myself. And the amazing thing when I did, I began to enjoy this place. I began to get excited about it again. When I got the weight off of me and onto him. And so that's what I see the Lord doing with you and me In the last part of this year, he's positioning and repositioning some of you for some greatness that is about to come. God is always on go. God is always ready to pour out. It is a season of increase. It is a season that God wants you to have. But when I've seen in 30 years of ministry, the people who don't get it are those who are not positioned, those who are not ready to receive. God wants you and I ready to receive. Are you all ready to receive? Come on, do I got any receivers in the room? We're not trying to make God do something. God's already ready. Jesus is already seated at the right hand of God. So so we're not looking to God to do something, really, and and yes, and we are, but you understand what I'm saying? He's positioning you and I to receive because there can be healing uh, popping like popcorn all over the room, but you may not receive if you're not ready to receive. Amen? Jesus was doing all kinds of wonderful things, but only those who received. Remember, in, in his own hometown, he marveled at their unbelief. So he wants you and I to get, are are you ready? I'm going to get me a little Bishop TD on. Come on, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Are you ready? 
Are you getting ready? I know. Hallelujah. I can't do it like him. Anyway, so um, we've been talking about on Sunday mornings for a while because the Lord instructed Pastor Ron when we were away to talk about healing the brokenhearted. And when you talk about, how many know that the last saturation meeting in December that I did, I administered the healing anointing for brokenhearted. We've had tremendous testimonies. People getting free, that anointing going in, just like the physical healing anointing. Because Jesus said, the, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. Because he's anointed me. And he said, what does he come for? One of the things was to heal the brokenhearted. I say to you, not only are you, can you receive the anointing to heal the brokenhearted, you can go and do likewise. There's a, not only people need physical healing, but they need healing of their broken heart. And the good news is, Jesus is the mender of a broken heart. And not just getting people in a and getting people in position to receive that. One of the things you can do, just like you can lay hands on a physically sick person, you can lay hands on and administer the healing anointing. I don't have to know how it works. I don't even know how the natural healing anointing works. I just know it's the power of God and it restores. And Jesus is the mender of a broken heart. Well, how do people get brokenhearted? Well, you know, sometimes tragedy and loss. But a lot of times what I've seen in doing now, I've been pastoring 25 years, I've seen most brokenheartedness comes from a trouble in a life that has come from, and what happens is unforgiveness gets in there. And bitterness gets in there. And so you and I, what the Lord is doing, he's doing some rotorootering. Is that all right? And, and what does that do? What is he doing? He's doing some uh, positioning. Uh, one of my favorite uh, scriptures is Mark 11, 23 and 24. But how many of you know uh, verses 25 and 26 are attached to it? And so we're going to look at those kind of things because everybody say, I am being positioned by the Lord to receive. Come on, you got your receiver going on in 2020? Or you got your receiver going on as we go into this new year? I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Amen. Jubilee is still happening around here. God is still restoring around here. I don't know how he does it. He's promised me personally he's about to restore some years to me that somebody took from me. Amen. How does he do that? I don't know and I don't care. He's going to do it. So one of the things I have to make sure of, and if this doesn't help anybody else, I'm positioning myself. I told him on a few Wednesday nights ago, it's like I'm being really selfish right now because I want some things from God. So I'm going to preach some things that are going to benefit me, and you can all just listen if you want. Hebrews chapter 12, let's start with verse number 14. It says this, uh, follow peace. With all men and holiness, without man, no one shall see the Lord. So let's just stop there. Follow peace. Now understand scripture is context. And so when scriptures are together, you need to study them together. And so this following peace with all men. Now you notice in chapter 12, we're talking about this great cloud of witnesses. And um, then it talks about uh, being corrected by the Lord. It does, does the Lord love any of you like he loves me? That means he's going to do what? He's going to correct us. He's going to adjust us. He's going to go, we're going to go to the spiritual chiropractor and get some adjustment here. And so he's adjusting us. And then he said, no chasing seems joyous, but it produces a fruit of righteousness. It positions you. And then he said, follow peace with all men. Um, in other words, he, he wants you and I to be at peace with all men. He wants us to be, how many of you know, he wants you to be at peace in your home. Jesus said, uh, in the world you'll have tribulation. But don't be afraid. Don't be in fear about it. He said, my peace I leave you. He's not just the peace. It's the peace of God, which Jesus himself walked in. And you and I, the mark of a believer, one of the marks, one of the signature things of a believer is you should be of the most peaceful. You should be the most peaceful people on planet earth. You should walk, you should carry in this peace, this, this presence of God that brings peace into a room. 
In this nation, there could be chaos. But if enough believers will do what the Word said, everywhere we go. In other words, there could be chaos at work or school. But when you walk into the room, a peace comes. Because you've got the peace of God on you. You've got the peace of God in you. In your home, you should not allow strife and mess because there should only be peace there. I'm not talking about covering things up. I'm talking about inviting God in. And where there's unity, there's that blessing and there's that peace. And so he said, we're going to follow peace with all men. Everybody say, I will follow peace with all men. And then it tacks on and holiness. What is that? Now he's changed subject. He has not. What is holiness? Holiness is acting like God. Simple. Holiness is not long hair and no makeup. And it, holiness always had to do with women. No makeup on the, you know, on the face and long hair with pin. I used to, in my hometown, um, I, I knew a lot of folks who were like that. And those, those ladies always had a frown on their face. Well, I guess if you had pins sticking in your head all the time too, you'd be frowning. Isn't it amazing how, you know, it was, anyway. But that's not holiness. That's a man-made thing. Holiness is just acting like God. Now listen to me, one of the things you're going to find about God is forgiveness is a signature thing of God. Listen to me, nobody else can do it like God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. One of the signature things of God is forgiveness, mercy, kindness, love. God doesn't just love, God is love. And so it says, follow peace with all men. And then it could have said, and act like God. You're, his rep- you're Christ-like ones, act like him. Are you with me? You're Christ- I mean, wouldn't we be so different today if we walked around full of mercy and grace and love? Refuse to get in conversations. Refuse to be critical. Just determined to act like our Father. Because God is love. And God has this peace. And he said, follow it with all men. And, and then he said, act holy. He didn't change. So really he's saying, and act like I would act in that situation. That's what it means. Okay. Looking diligently... Lest any man fail of the grace of God. What? Looking diligently, lest... Okay, so he's talking about here forgiveness. Because we all know the next part, because you've heard me preach on a lot and others. Lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you and thereby many defiled. So he's talking about bitterness that comes because you're not walking in peace with all men. That you're not acting like God in true holiness. And he said, though, you wouldn't have got there but you failed of the grace. You got an F on your report card in grace. You got an F on your report card in grace. You failed. In other words, an offense came. Jesus said, I can't help it. Offense is going to come to you. He wasn't even prophesying. He said, because you live on the earth, because there's a devil, because there's people here. Offense is going to come to you. It's not whether it comes or not. It's how you respond to it. Now listen, there are some big things and there are some little things. But even the little things, the Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So it's not just the big offenses. It's all offenses. I'm going to jump ahead. Remember what Peter said. He said, Lord, then I ought to forgive people seven times. And Jesus said, what are you talking about? He said, you need to forgive people seven times seventy. In other words, this is your new lifestyle. Well, listen, I can't be just real with y'all. I, doing what I do, I've had some people armchair quarterback me. I've had people talk bad about me. Uh, now on social media, they can do whatever they want. Don't go looking it up or anything. It's not, I don't think there's anything there. But, I mean, you know what? Um, I, you know, and when the people you help the most seem to hurt you the most. Right? <laughs> so, you know what? Uh, there were times, I think about 10 years ago, maybe 15 now, I had an incident in the church, and I decided, you know, I had helped somebody help somebody, and they were just being ornery and bad-mouthing me, and I decided, you know what, I'm not going to pastor like I do anymore. I'm going to change everything. 
I'm going to come in on Sunday morning. I'm going to preach him a nice little message. I'm not going to get involved in anybody's life. I'm not going to try. I'm just going to preach the word. That's what we're going to do, Lord. I'm just going to preach. He, he would, I would talk to him about it. He wouldn't talk back. He just like, you know, just kind of ignoring me. And so I did that for about two weeks, and I was just really dissatisfied. Because I am who he made me. And so listen to me, everybody in this room. This protection mode that you try to put up, well, I'm just not going to get around people. You're on planet Earth. You're going to be around people. And, and, and you, you've got to be you. And you're born again to be kind. You're born again to restore people. You're born again to be in a ministry of reconciliation. We all have had things come against us, but you can't let those things in you. And Jesus said, follow peace with all men and holiness. And then he said, but this is what you can no longer do. You can't fail in grace class anymore. In other words, anytime an offense comes to you, you've got to tap into the grace of God. Because that grace comes to you, and when that offense comes, you've got something that the world doesn't have. You've got what Romans 5, 5 calls the love of God, and it's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And immediately when that offense comes, you can choose not to take it. You can refuse it. Now, don't anybody, listen. Oh, this is a bold statement. But my spirit, I'll say, let me say it like this. Brother Hagin used to say, you can't offend me. Well, I've been there at points in my life, but I've also taken an offense or two. Let's all get to the place where we can be like my spiritual father said, say, you can't offend me. You can't offend me. What does that mean? I refuse to take your offense. I refuse, devil, person, (laughs) I refuse to take what you're offering me because it's poison. And And I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it. That's acting in holiness. And he said there's this grace. Because what happens is if you fail of the grace of God, you because res- you've got grace to, to not take it. I said you've got grace. There's many kinds of grace. There, th- this is not saving grace. This is more like standing grace where you refuse the offense and you have been fortified with the power of God not to get offended. You cannot be offended unless you take offense. Well, Pastor Mark, it was awful. You cannot be offended unless you take offense. You you don't have to get out of love unless you decide to get out of love. You can forgive and walk on. You can forgive and forget. Why? Just like God, you've got the power, the love of God. He didn't tell you to do this on your own. He didn't say feel love. He said you've got to choose love. He didn't say forgive if you feel like it because sometimes I'm just like you. I want them to get it. But I can't stay there, even if it's a momentary, passive-aggressive flashback. I have to put my flesh under, just like you do. Because it's in my best interest, and it shows yours. What does it go on to say? Lest any root of bitterness, if you don't take the grace route... If you don't receive grace and resist the offense, then a seed has went in you. And you're going to get, and this is more Pastor Rhonda's teaching, uh, Love Walk, uh, Fourth Quarter, Bible Institute. If you haven't been there, you better be there because we all deal with this. But really this is what happens is if you fail of the grace of God and you take the offense, you have allowed a poisonous seed in your soil. And what happens is that it gets in there, and what is the seed, the first thing a seed does? The first thing a seed does, in the, in the natural, is it takes root. If there's no root, it doesn't, there's no plant. So the first thing a seed, even the seed of the Word of God. That's why a lot of times when people start in the Word, it takes a while for it to show up on the outside, because the first thing that has to develop is a root system. And so when a seed of offense, a seed of anger, a seed of unforgiveness goes in you, it begins to produce a root. And that root has to get in in you, and it begins to work out. And usually at that point, nobody but you and maybe the person that offended you and God know that it's going on. 
Now, as that root gets to begin to develop, those that are around you start to know. Maybe nobody at church knows yet. Maybe nobody at work knows yet. Maybe your, you know, your extended family don't know yet. But if you're married, your spouse begins to know. If you have children, your children begin to know. Because that root doesn't stay a root very long, it begins to spring up into a plant. And, and so when it begins to spring up into a plant, listen, it goes on to say, it says, lest any root of bitterness get in you. And what is that word? You've heard me say this before. It'll trouble you. How many of you know the root system of offense will begin to trouble you? How, did, how is it going to trouble you? Well, Jesus said it'll trouble you this way. It'll choke out the word. Jesus said it'll choke out the word. And so we'll come back to that, but it'll, it's going to trouble you. How many of you want any trouble? I don't want any trouble. I'm not, I don't want any trouble that anybody else has caused, but I'm not going to cause my own trouble. So I'm not going to let you, and, and you're not going to let anyone trouble you any further. Because they already tried to trouble you. The devil already tried to trouble you. And, and if you refuse that, or it looks like you refuse it, then you don't want any more trouble. So I'm going to forgive you for my sake. It's very selfish. It's okay to be this kind of selfish. I'm not going to let you mess with me. I'm not going to let you mess with the word I'm believing. I'm not going to let you mess in the season of my life when God's about to restore years to me. I'm not going to let you mess with me. Because I'm going to keep my heart clean because I'm not going to let anything trouble me. I'm going to stay trouble-free. I'm going to stay clean. And so it says it's, uh, it'll, first it will trouble you. And then it goes on to say that it will defile many. That word defile, I've told you over and over, you study it out. It's like the word rape. It means, and so this is what happens. Now listen, now I know if you're married, now, now li- everybody look at me and smile. Because you know that when your, your spouse is not happy, it is your job as a good spouse to also take up the cause that they are currently perturbed about. And you're supposed to join in. Because if you love them, You're going to agree with them and tell them that anger that's in them, it's justified. I know, baby. Uh, Honey, I know that should have been your promotion. It's all right. We'll get them. We'll get them. You know, or someone did something. Y'all don't look so sanctimonious. I know you do it all the time. I've done marriage counseling also for 25 years. Because you're afraid to tick off your spouse any further. So you're going to let them spread poison in your home. And then if you have children at home, listen to me. Hate is passed from generation to generation. Somebody's got to break it. Now listen, whether you can ask Pastor Rhonda, she's, in, she's a, doing a guardian class over there, but you can ask her. In our house, we don't do that. In other words, if I say something stupid, I'm going to get a smart retort back. Because we don't play unforgiveness at our house. I'm not going to let her do that, and she's not going to let me do that. And then we're not going to let our daughter do that. I'm not, false peace is no peace at all. Stroking, she'll be all right, you know. Calming down the irritated plant has seeds on it still. No, you've got to be in love with one another enough to say, sweetheart, that's unforgiveness and let's figure out. And now you might want to pray in tongues for an hour before you do it. But it's in your best interest and their best interest to figure this out. Because what happens is when this plant becomes a permanent fixture in your life, the seeds kept growing and they keep growing. And they keep growing. And it is in your best interest, if you're married and you love somebody, not to let them stay there. Now, you've got to figure that out. Because I think sometimes the worst thing, I mean, I'm not saying, go, stop, the Pastor Mark, don't, and don't inflect my name in there. <laughs> you make them mad at me. <laughs> Say the word says. Well, you heard Pastor Mark, and he was talking to you. Were you listening? (laughs) 
It's like in the old days when someone used to take a CD or back in the way back days in the cassette and when I preach a sermon and say, I really think you need to listen to this. Are y'all, you understand what I'm saying though? No more defiling. And if you really are best friends with somebody, you wouldn't let them act that way. Because you know it's hurting them. And whether you think it's not, it's hurting you. And the problem was when we spread the seeds, and we've all done it, when we spread the seeds, the person you're spreading them to has no grace to forgive. Because it wasn't their offense in the first place. Now, how does God do it? Well, you just have to flat forgive. But what happens is if you hear, you get that in you, it's, I've, done, I've seen this for a long time. The people who, who have taken up arms with someone who's offended, it's harder for them to get over it. Because the person that is offended, one day they'll get a revelation. They can go back to the grace. It's like Adam and Eve all over in the garden again. Eve was deceived. Adam chose I know, man, we don't like that one. Eve was deceived. Adam chose. When you allow someone who is offended to sow their seeds into your life, you are choosing to get offended with them. And it's dangerous. Romans chapter 12. Well, let me, let me do this. Let me give you this, because I want you to, to make sure that everybody say no bitterness. Because what are we going to do? We're identifying it. We're going to get rid of it. We ain't having it no more. Are you with me? Bitterness can be defined as an intense, deep-seated feeling of resentment, indignation, and ill will against someone, but not just someone, or something, the man, the system. All teachers, all lawyers, all doctors, all preachers. Anytime you start doing that nonsense, listen, are there bad people in anything? There are, but it doesn't make the whole thing corrupt. (laughs) Y'all doing all right? Against someone or something which we feel has committed an insult, an injustice, or an offense against us. It is an emotional response which results from failing to properly deal with feelings of personal outrage, anger, unforgiveness, and contempt. So that's what bitterness is. That's where it comes from. And we're not going to have it. And we're going to learn how to nip it with the grace of God. And we're going to act like Jesus. And we're going to keep the signature mark on one of the things that God does. We're going to be people who know how to forgive. And you've heard all of Pastor Rhonda's teachings on it and what she said over the last couple weeks. I'm not going back. So let's go back to it. Let's go to this, Romans chapter 12, verse 17. Go ahead, guys, and just put up for time's sake just the New Living Translation. Because that took about 20 minutes and I intended for it to take three. Um, Never pay back evil with more evil. Everybody got that in the room? I think we're pretty good at that, right? Unless it's secretly. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Because, you know, that part of that scripture in the King James says, um, what does it say? Um, um, oh, I wasn't going to do it, but now i got to go back and do it. In the King James, what does it say? There you go. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide all things honest in the sight of men. So if you've read that part, then that people have taken that to say, and it's good, you can do it this way, like, um, you know, just making sure that you're honest in front of everybody. And that's not really, that's good, but that's not really what it means here. Go back to the New Living. It says, uh, don't pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. In other words, when someone does evil to you, what are you supposed to do? Act like Jesus. Come on, everybody say, I act like Jesus. What would Jesus do? <laughs> he'd forgive, right? He, he'd for, and he not, wouldn't he? When he's on the cross, one of the, what are the first things he said? What did he say? What did he say? Father, come on, everybody say it. Father, forgive them. Everyone had just turned on him. I'm not saying you can do this in your own strength. 
Jesus, help us. Didn't Peter, you know when Jesus was talking to him? And he said, no, not, not seven, 70 times 70. And thank God for Peter. What did he say? He said, Lord, increase our faith. If you've ever been done wrong, you understand. If you've ever felt slighted in life, if you've ever been harassed, if you've ever been any of those things, I get it. Probably everybody in this room, we could have a testimony service in the wrong way and tell everybody how we've been wronged. Put it back up. Romans 12. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things which in a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Verse 18. Do all that you can to live in peace. There it is again. Peace. Because you're living in peace doesn't mean that what they did is right. But you've made a choice to live in peace. Everybody say, I'll follow peace. Verse 19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Oh, man. <laughs> the old me's dead. The old me's dead. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I'll pay them back, says the Lord. Amen. Verse 20. Instead, if your enemies are hungry. What? What? Let's forget this one. In other words, if somebody done you wrong, don't write a song about it. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Now, I like this next part until I studied it out. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Now, that's what it says there. Other, most places talk, talk about burning coals. So if you really look at verse 21. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So that coals thing, if you'll study it out, it's not what you mean. It's not what you thought. It's not what I hoped it meant. <laughs> Little the old mark is coming out. I think people ought to pay. It's a good thing Jesus didn't. Felt that one. It's a good thing. Because no matter how many times you and I mess up, He's always, always willing to forgive us. Whew, that's love. It's incredible. And that's not in your natural wheelhouse. That's why you can't do this on your own. That's why the world can't do it. You, y'all, we can't put our standards off on them. They can't. They can't. Their nature is one of revenge and hatred and get even. That's not your nature. It's not who you are. The nature of God. You're a child with the DNA of the Most High. Who is love and goodness and kindness. So this heap in the coals thing, if you take it back, it really is, you take it back and it, it's where the priest pours on top of the coals an aroma comes up to God so that God is able to bless someone and intervene in their life. It's very, it's, it's really awesome. So we're not gonna we're not gonna get back at anyone. Let's look at this. How can you tell? How can you tell if there's a root of bitterness in you? How can you tell if you really haven't forgiven? Number one, you've got this root of bitterness, and you're sowing seeds into everybody's life. And if somebody was very real with you, they would tell you you've got bitterness. If someone was very real with you, unfortunately, we don't have that many close to us that we allow to tell us when we're not doing right. Because instead, when they do that, then we'll just in turn put them on the list. You're not for me. You're not for me. How, how dare you not be for me? I've given you the best years of my life, and you're not for me? Because people who are hurt gather hurting people. 
I had a pastor friend, someone, that was starting a church. And the first 20, 30 people that showed up were all mad at a pastor. They were excited. I gave a warning. This is not going to go well. Because one day they'll turn that on you. And they did. They did. Because hurting people refuse to hurt alone. And if you really love somebody, you'd tell them what the word says, not what Pastor Mark says. And you would love them and you would show them. And everybody's different. Some people you got to be blunt with. Other people you got to... I don't know, a little massage therapy. I don't, know. I don't know. Everybody's different. But you know them, and you can help them. Just don't ever let anyone stay there because it's poison to them, and it's poison to you. And if you have children, it's poison to your children, and it's poison to everybody around. How can you tell? So then it's time to get that root out. Number two, we're, it is not our job to get even. But there's a desire in most people to see everyone get theirs. If you've got that, then we've got to do what? We got to we got to follow in peace. We got to pray for them. You know what? I, 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 there's this preacher friend of mine. Every time somebody got irritated with him, he'd send them money, and it broke it every time. It opened up a door of conversation. It's interesting. Find your way. Ask have the Lord deal with you. All right. Um, let's look at Ephesians chapter four thirty one. And then we'll look all the way down to 5.2 in the Amplified Classic. Um, It says, let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, poison, rage, and bad temper and resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive, or blasphemous language be banished from you. Well, that's a mouthful. Bitterness, indignation, wrath, passion, rage, bad temper. Does that mean I can't be grumpy about it anymore? Resentment, anger, animosity, quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention. Well, at least we're not all all those, you know, just maybe one or two. And slander, evil speaking, abusive, or blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, oh, man, baseness or any kind. And become useful and helpful and kind to one another. Help become what? Useful, helpful, and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another, readily and freely as God and Christ forgave you. Therefore, be, there it is again, be imitators of God. Copy him. Follow his example and well-beloved children. Imitate their father. I hear somebody saying, well, how is anyone ever going to learn if I forgive them and let them off the hook? They need to know they did something wrong. Does God do that with you? I'm going to forgive you after you learned your lesson. Is that how it works? Is that how it works? Or how about any time you need forgiveness, you can go to the throne, and what happens? Listen, y'all, why is God you doing this? He is positioning you and I to do something, to receive something. And if we have any a little bit in this of us, What's he trying to do? He's trying to get rid of it. I sense, I heard Jim say, I hear the abundance of a sound of rain. I do too. But, and what you've got to do, though, is let's make sure that, um, that, our, that our cisterns, the Bible calls them, your heart is clean. So when it comes, you, there's no holes in you. There's no roots that are going to suck all that away. Amen? Are you with me? So everybody say, I will. Be an imitator of God. What does it say? And walk in love, esteeming and delighting one another. And as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a slain offering and sacrifice to God for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. So I'm not going to be have indignation or wrath or passion, rage and bad temper, resentment, anger, animosity, brawling, clamor, contention, slander, evil speaking, abusive. That's going to all be gone. I'm not going to have any ill will, a a baseness of any kind, but I'm going to forgive. I'm going to be tenderhearted. I'm be compassionate, understanding, loving, and I'm a, I'm a copy God. Even when I don't feel like it, I'm going to copy God. Even when I don't feel like it, I'm going to copy God. I'm going to walk in love. And I'm going to block those who are sending me things that try to get me angry. What do you all do? Unfriend. Why did you unfriend me? Because you bitter. 
I'm protecting myself right now. Listen, you wonder about things that go on in our nation. Let me, say, let me give you 1 John chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. You and I are the church. And I think as a church, we're a very good example. Do I, do I feel, Pastor Mark, are you sensing there's a lot of people with a lot of roots of bitterness among us? I, I'm not sensing anything like that. I'm sensing the Lord saying, let's, let's, because at this church, I, I sense him saying, let's get this all cleaned out in every area of our life because I'm fixing to do something pretty big. Again, a new commandment I write into you. Which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. He that says he is in the light and hates his brother. What? Hates his brother. Can you tell if somebody hates somebody? You can by their actions. You can by their words. They're in darkness. He that loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hates his brother is in darkness. So hate comes from a root of bitterness. Hate comes from, uh, also, like I said earlier, hate is passed down. I believe people have to be taught to hate. Born-again people, even though the love of God is your body, we, we're taught to love. We're taught to imitate God. So anytime we hate something, that any, anytime a people group, something is hated, and you're taught to hate it, that is not God. And that's not the love of God being shed abroad in our heart. And what happens is those who hate, a darkness comes on them, and they can't see where they're going. And this is written to believers. 1 John is written to believers. The warning is do not participate in hate. In politics... Do not participate in hate. I'll say it to you one more time, really loud, and a warning from the Holy Ghost. Do not, on either side, participate in hate. Steer clear from it. It's poison to you. Because when that comes... Darkness comes over you, and you can't see where you're going in life. Mark 11, 25 and 26. As we conclude, Jesus taught us, what did he say? Whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. But he believe those things that he says, he'll have whatever he says. So he's talking to you about moving mountains in your life. And then he said in verse 24, And whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And then he says, and. Everybody say, and. Come on, what's and? Conjunction, junction, what's your function, right? And. And connects me to verses 23 and 24. You can't have verses 23. In other words, you can't be a mountain mover and receiving all, you know, everything your hearts desire unless when you stand praying, forgive. Everybody say forgive. Turn to your neighbor tell them forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Verse 26. But if you do not forgive, if you do not what? Neither. Now, listen to me. I don't believe this is talking about you missing heaven. I don't. But the Lord is really clear. Remember the parable Jesus taught about the guy? Uh, he, he went to his master, and he owed a lot of money, and he asked for forgiveness. And he owed a lot of money. And he begged for forgiveness. And what happened? The master did what? Forgave him. And then the dude who just got forgiven, some other guy, owed him a little bit of money. And he did what? Well, he threw him in prison. He would not forgive him his debt, even though he's been forgiven a great debt. 
So when the king heard dude wouldn't forgive, what happened? He said, fine for you. In other words, he's already been forgiven, but his decision not to forgive puts him back in prison. He's already, you understand, that's what happens to believers. If we choose not to forgive, well, Pastor Mark, I hope you're preaching this doesn't mean we're all going to have to, there's something big coming, we're going to have to forgive somebody. Guess what, that's just kind of life, isn't it? Everybody say forgive. What is this? It's a lifestyle. Remember in Luke, I want to leave you with this one. Is anybody as grateful for Peter as I am? I don't know. I just love him. Luke 17. Verses 1 through 6. It says, Then said he to the disciples, Jesus is talking, he said, It is impossible, but offenses will come. So our offense is going to come, but woe to him through whom they come. Oh, that's a whole other topic. You know what? You know what? Listen to me. No matter how hard you try, you might offend somebody. I know I have before. Was it intentional? Not, not on my part. It really wasn't intentional. Does it happen? It does. And so he says, uh, it'd be better for the person who were offending someone to have a millstone hang around his neck, cast the seed, that he should offend one of these little ones. Verse 3, take heed to yourself. If your brother trespasses against the... Uh-oh, there's a whole lot in here we don't have time for. If your brother trespasses against him, do what? Rebuke him. I know we don't like to talk about that. If you repent, forgive him. But let's just say it like this. Let's tone it down just for some of you. If someone does something wrong to you, what should you do? What's the first thing you ought to do? Go talk to them. That's novelty today. People don't do that. Even a spouse. I mean, if, you're, if your spouse irritates you, the first thing you ought to do is talk to them. If, if someone at work irritates you, the first thing you ought to do is go tell the boss on them, hopefully get them fired. No, what are you supposed to do? Especially if they're a brother or sister in Christ, you're supposed to do what? Talk to them. Listen to me, this is novel. Even if it's somebody above you, so to speak, like at work or in church or whatever, you should still be have the freedom to go talk to them. Well, I'm just going to suck it up to keep the peace. You're not keeping the peace. Sucking it up causes roots of bitterness. Take heed to yourself. Okay, where are we at? If he trusts, okay. If your brother trespasses against you, rebuke him. If he repent, forgive him. Everybody say, forgive him. If he trespasses against thee again, seven times in a day. What? Is he talking about the same thing or seven different things? Let's parse this a little bit, make it a little more palatable. He's really not talking about the same thing. Is he? repent what are you going to do forgive him and then if you look later I think it's later even Peter thought he got it and in Matthew at a different time he brings it up again and he's like okay Lord I got this you said seven times so John that's three you got four more dude thunder and lightning's coming down on your head. Jesus said, you know what I meant, so let me tell you this way. No, not seven times a day. Seven times 70. Well, I used to be an accountant and I know that's 400 and too many. What's he saying? Live in forgiveness. but if I do then who's going to teach him a lesson oh so now you're the lesson teacher are you so I'm going to give him forgive him if he forgive, repents <laughs> see this is hard for me hallelujah I, I, can I tell you I, the reason I married the love walk queen is because I needed this I was of those, you know, the two guys. Well, Lord, let's call down 
told you all way too much about me. He's dead, by the way. That guy's dead. He tries to resurrect every now and again, but he's dead. And the apostles said unto the, the whole, then because Peter's talking, then all of them chimed in. The apostles said, Lord, increase our faith. Everybody say, increase my faith. Well, what does increase your faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the Lord said, if you had faith that's grain of mustard seed, you might say of the sick of my tree, be thou uh, plucked up by the root and, and be planted in the seed, and it'll obey you. Oh, there's that faith thing about authority. So he's talking about there, the root of bitterness. You can get it plucked up and get it dealt with, and you can forgive somebody. Why are we doing this, y'all? Just want me to remind you. It's not for Pastor Mark to tell you lots of stuff. And if you've heard this message like this before, don't say, I got that. Realize the Holy Ghost is positioning you for something great. So what does that mean to me? That means there's no room for offense, that we've got to walk in peace, that we're going to keep our heart clean. And uh, I would ask you, by the Holy Ghost to do some inventory. Um, if you've noticed, um, I think this last week was Mark 11, 25 and 26 in my daily bread. And coming up is Hebrews uh, 12, the root of bitterness. So there's a reason for that. Because I believe I'm doing my job as your pastor while I'm doing it myself, positioning you for the greater. Some good's coming. Some good's coming. Holy Ghost is saying, I don't want anything to short-circuit that in your life. So he's positioning you. Then I would encourage some of you, if you haven't, go listen to Wednesday nights because there's just a whole lot of repositioning going on, and that's the word for me right now that I keep hearing. Reposition. Position yourself. Get ready. Amen. Glory to God. One of the best things you can do for somebody this Christmas is forgive them best gift you can give yourself is forgive somebody. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org, check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.